In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio 105.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams, and I am Director of Ministry for WAVA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Well, folks, the prophet Isaiah, describing the new heavens and the new earth in Isaiah 65, 18 and 19, says these words, listen to the word of God. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem for rejoicing and her people for gladness. I will also rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. And there will no longer be heard in her the voice of weeping and the sound of crying. Folks, our guests today represent a group of community leaders who want to see their community move closer to this kind of flourishing. They have written and are promoting a project they're calling the Community Code. This is a grassroots anti-violence initiative aimed at inspiring hearts and minds to return to historically held values, which lead to a healthy and united community. One of our guests describes the code this way. The Community Code is an anti-violence initiative that is intended to identify, internalize, cherish, amplify, and promote the values held by our community. Wow. Ah, sounds amazing to me. Guess what? We want to talk about that. And of course, here to get us started to introduce our guests for the day, it's my good friend, my buddy, my co-host of Good News for the City, Pastor Brian Bale, Senior Pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. Hey, buddy, good to see you, man. God bless you, friend. Thank you, my friend. Uh, we've said this many times over the years that we're often blessed to sit and have conversations with people who are much more gifted, talented, and more intelligent than we are. And Dennis, today will be no exception on that rule. Well, you got as that we, right, brother. As we talk to, to two beautiful women of God uh, who are doing the work of Jesus as he's been called to yeah. do. And typically, I take a little bit more time to have a conversation with you. But frankly, Dennis, I don't want to sound bad, but I don't want to talk to you anymore. I want to talk to them. So let's get right at it today. Can we hey, do that? Don't blame you, brother. All right. Let's tell you about who's in the studio to talk about the Community Co. First, we have the Reverend Dr. Wanda Thompson. She served as a pastor of the Ambassador Baptist Church in D.C. since 2014. Prior to that, she served for 20 years as the assistant pastor. She also is a licensed psychologist in D.C. and Maryland. She's received a master's and a Ph.D. in clinical psychology from Temple University and a master's divinity degree from Howard University School of Divinity. She is active, Dennis, in so many community organizations, including the Wednesday Morning Clergy, Clergy for Community Wealth Preservation, Sister Clergy, Ward 8 Clergy, and Faith Leaders, Anacostia Coordinating Council, and the Ward 8 Food Pantry Collaborative. Her family includes her siblings and their families and her church family. Reverend Thompson prefers, however, to be known, however, simply as a servant of God. And so we're glad to have her as well as... We're glad to have the Reverend Karen Curry here with us. She's worked to improve the quality of life of D.C. residents for over 30 years through her service at the Pennsylvania Avenue Baptist Church and her support of the House D.C. 
It's a highly effective after-school ministry there in Ward 8, where she helped shape shortly after it opened in 1999. In 2001, she was licensed to preach the gospel of Jesus and was ordained the following year. She has a master's of theological studies from the Wesley Theological Seminary, a bachelor of arts degree in journalism, with an emphasis in public relations for the University of South Carolina. I mean, oh, I said South Carolina. That's Southern California. Excuse me. She is a Trojan, not a Gamecock. Right. Well, well she'll correct me on that. Uh, she was an adjunct professor at Prince George's Community College and launched a creative and critical thinking course she developed. I love this title, Dennis. Think about it, write about it, do something about it, because knowledge is not really helpful until we do something about what we know. In fact, the Bible Amen. never talks about Amen. knowledge separate from action in that way. And I'm sure if we have time today, we'll delve into that a little bit. But more importantly, Thank you, uh, ladies. We're happy to have you here in studio to talk about the Community Project. And Dr. Thompson, I want to start. I'm already worn out, Brian, by the way, with all that, with all those accolades, man. I am just tired and I feel like a loafer. Well, I'm not doing enough. We're we're gonna we're gonna leave the truth of that for another discussion someday, whether they're loafers or not. But hey, Dr. Thompson, you know, one of the things that is true about every launch, every organization, every relationship that occurs is that there's a moment whether we're able to pinpoint or not, a catalytic moment, so to speak, that that prompts someone to make that commitment, to do that thing, to start that organization. And, and there had to be a time in the past, as you are the, the catalytic uh, convener in many ways, Dr. Thompson, of this organization. What moment was for you in your heart that just prompted you and other faith leaders and community actives to sort of step out and develop the community code? Thank you. Well, first of all, it's just great to be here. I was attending a meeting uh, of the first Friday group that is a group that deals with public safety issues. And we meet on the first Friday of every month. And we were talking about community violence and we were thinking about ways to address it, strategies, different things we might do. And so many people are on the front lines, but there are a lot of people who really want to do something, but they don't know what to do. And when I thought about it and I was thinking about Uh, the fact that everybody can do something. I was just thinking about the values that we've held in our community for so long, Mm -hmm. things that we all grew up with, many of us. And just the fact that if if people could be aware of those values, then perhaps that would be a way to address violence. So I brought that up in the meeting and uh, people gave some suggestions as to things that maybe could be included as values. And so I went home and I drafted up 20 statements, 20 affirmations. Um, Oftentimes we're told what you shouldn't do, but these were things that we really should do, uh, that we should be about. And so I then reached out to other clergy, community leaders, faith leaders, and we held a series of meetings and Mm -hmm. a team got together. And that was along, that was Reverend Karen Curry and Sandra Seegers, Minister Taylor Daniels, Reverend Clarence Cross, uh, Reverend Motley, who gave things, and they really took it to heart, and they condensed it down to 12 affirmative statements and brought it back, and then Reverend Patty Fierce and her team uh, did the graphics for it, and what we came up with was the community code, and then I'm going to throw it to to Reverend Karen Curry, because she's been at the forefront of really, really promoting the community code. Yeah. So Reverend Curry, I, w- I want to switch over to you. I-, I love something that Dr. Thompson just said is that a lot of times we focus on, focus on what we shouldn't do instead of what we should do. And that, you know, that we learn in education and in those areas that if we focus on the things to do, the shouldn't do's, they often, they fall off the, a lot easier than we focus That's on right. all the wrong negative behavior. 
And part of that idea is the community code. So could you sort of walk us through this aspect of some of the, the different parts of the community code? Sure. Thank you for that. And again, I'm, I'm so thankful to be here to be sharing about uh, what God is doing through, through this code. So one of the mm-hmm. first things we thought was important for the code to do is to start with a statement of affirmation, affirming that each person who's a part of the community is someone who matters and, and who is a vital person. And so it actually starts with a statement that says, I am a crucial part of my community and mm-hmm. I recognize and respect my own self-worth. That means, then there's a colon there, and that all of these other things that constitute the 12 points of the code come from that place because we thought Mm -hmm. it was first important to establish, again, dealing with the positive, that, you know, everyone in the community matters and and they do have self-respect. And so if you respect yourself, you're in better position to respect others, right? Right. And so, so we thought that would be foundational. And then that statement, along with all of the elements of the code, are statements of affirmation and of faith, in some cases speaking that things that are not as though they were. <laughs> so, you know, speaking Amen. some things into existence, speaking forth what we want to see and want to be, and in many cases used to be. And so we talk about uh, in the first section being a faithful member of our community. And so uh, that's an intentional uh, play on words, being faithful to the community, but also mm-hmm. we start out talking about faith. And so, right, because as I understand this, this isn't obviously at the basis of the people that we're talking here. There is faith, but this isn't, oh, yeah. this isn't, you just have to be a believer in Jesus Christ to be a part of this, this, this initiative, correct? Well, you know, let me say this. Uh, those of us who help put it together are. Correct. However, we realize on this side of glory, we all have to live together mm-hmm. <laughs> and we all need to be able to make sure everybody is understanding what that looks like. So Correct. what we thought was important so it wouldn't be dismissed by people who are not believers as we are. We thought we will acknowledge that there are people who believe in faith undergirds while we do what we do. We also know that there are those who don't. And we thought, let's just put that out at the beginning so that everybody will at least literally get on the same page with us, uh, at least for this piece. And then we can That's work right. through the other things as God gives right. opportunity. Yeah, I love that clarification. Simply, you started this idea that we want to be a community. And by definition, you realize that they matter because Jesus died for them. Everyone right. matters because yes. we've been printed with the image of God. And it sometimes doesn't work real well when we talk about the fact that people matter, but then we exclude them straight from the beginning. Right. right. And we don't really you don't understand that. Yeah. So being a faithful member of the community, you have these other aspects of the community code, being responsible and accountable person yes. and being respectful steward of the community. What does that mean? Uh, well, and thank you. Those are awesome uh, affirmations, again, that that uh, the Lord gave us. And we, we spell those out uh, going back to the faithful part at first. Uh, we talk about choosing to be a person of integrity and not acting out of jealousy, greed or revenge. And we yeah. know we see those things at all levels in life, right, from corporate down to the street. Mm-hmm. But but in the communities that are plagued by violence, those things undergird far too much. And we really want to call it out. Uh, and so yeah. uh, then we move into, again, being responsible and accountable. Right. It's not this individualistic thing. I just do what I feel and get what I need. But you're actually a part of something bigger and accountable to it. So we we have words that are uh, intentionally highlighted when you look at the code, uh, words like. I build up my community and not tear it down and build up as highlighted. Right. I listen to and look out for youth, seniors, parents, family, and neighbors. You know, we're, we're in this together. Look, you know, love thy neighbor. Um, I do yeah. not commit violence because it kills my community. 
having a sense of pride. There's my community. I want it to live and prosper. Uh, that last section talks about being a respectful steward, valuing lifelong learning, helping to bring about positive change, learning and working for their rights and those of the community, supporting empowering enterprises. And, and the last one really anchors it. I work hard to better the conditions of my community for the next generation. I keep it clean and beautiful. You know, yeah. just an image of this wonderful place that you can live and that you pass on for the next generation. That's what we want people to begin to internalize, as Dr. Thompson said, and, and begin to cherish about our communities. Yeah. And whether people are listening right now on the radio or they're catching it later on the podcast, we do encourage you to go to goodnewsforthecity.com. You can find out more information um, about the community code. And specifically, if you look to the show notes there, you can actually get the community code and look at it and then have an opportunity to connect both with Dr. Thompson uh, and with Reverend Curry. Dr. Thompson, as, as pastors and women of faith, how has your faith informed and guided this process of, of restoring and walking through these values that Reverend Curry just talked about? Well, I think as both a, a pastor and a teacher of the faith, you know, we, we uh, look to the Old Testament that talks to us about the law and we look at the New Testament that speaks to us of grace and mm-hmm. really just trying to think about how do we how do we get to people's hearts and minds? And I'm reminded of a quote from uh, Hebrews, the 10th chapter that says, I will put my law within them and I will write on their hearts and I will be their God and they will be my people. Um, and I think about also from uh, Proverbs 22, 6, that says, train up a child in the way that they should go. And when they become old, they will not depart from it. Mm-hmm. And finally, First John Four twenty that says, how can you say you love God whom you haven't seen? And just to paraphrase and, and hate your, your brother and your sister. So mm-hmm. all of that said, it's a way of really thinking through what are the things and values that I have that I need to have in my heart and mind at all time that will help me to be just a better member of my community that looks out for my community. And as a person of faith, I think you know, what Jesus said was that, you know, you can sum up all those laws into two, which is love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love one another as I have loved you. And this is all mm-hmm. about coming from a place of love and loving one another. Right. And, and Dr. Curry, I want to circle back, if I can, to something that you alluded to already, that what this is attempting to do in many ways is to get out in front. I think there's a a term a lot in the medical world, preventative medicine versus responsive medicine. You know, the, be- the best way to not have and to deal with type 2 diabetes is to eat healthy before you get it, right? Now, it, we don't ignore type 2 diabetes if we get it, but the best way to typically deal with it is not get it in the first place, have preventative right. health habits, preventive that sort of stuff. Would you talk about how many approaches that there are uh, in dealing with some of the things that you are trying to deal with there through the community code, are more responsive and why your initiative is more preventive in nature and where you see the benefit and the impact of that. Sure. Well, you know, first of all, this is a tool, right, that, that would certainly be a part of, a, of an extensive toolkit uh, when we're talking about making the kinds of lasting changes that we desire and expect to see in our communities. And so, yes, this is more on the, the proactive and preventive side in the sense that, you know, the, the, the plan is that this is, a, this is a long game. This is not a short-term thing. We drop this in and then, hey, everybody's all better. And, you know, uh, it's it's something that 
you know, we are looking to have some of the youngest members of our community grow up with the code, you know, mm-hmm. to get Amen. to learn it from the outset Amen. before they get these other notions of what life is like in their own communities, where they right. understand, again, that last one, I, I care about my community, and I keep it clean, you know, where they're not going to just throw their trash on the street because it's their community, you know, and so there's just a, an orientation towards love and life and and being a neighbor that we are looking for this to really be a a, a part of again for the long game, you know, when there'll be opportunities for uh, young people to work on on memorization and so forth. Well, as the parents are helping them, guess who's also memorizing it? <laughs> guess who's mm-hmm. also internalizing it, right? And then, in, from that standpoint, it'll probably well, our goal is that it'll be stir up some of that nostalgia that some of the parents and grandparents at least do remember when it didn't have to be on a piece of paper it was already in the hearts and in the minds and it was it was a given and it was understood and passed down so because we're really doing an inside job with this uh and and knowing you know it's not about legislating this is not a list of rules you know we want to make sure everybody understands this in fact we got feedback and input from the community we had even uh returning citizens and 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 persons who you know by their own admission you know have have had uh some some experience with being quote unquote on the street and out there Mm -hmm. we had all kinds of folks give input into this so that it really comes from within from the community back to the community. So no one's making us do this or making anyone else doing anything, but we're believing that being ahead of it by being in the heart and in the mind, uh, that, that, that things will come forth from people that will just embody what everything, uh, the things that we put into the code, the spirit of it. And so there's an old saying that says, if a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to hear it, does it make a sound? I, I, we can have that philosophy discussion later on, but I do know this, that a lot of times we come up with really excellent God-inspired ideas, and then we run into some challenges of letting people hear the tree that fell, uh, getting the community code out into the community, right? And not just in a group of people who are passionate, not just maybe in a group of faith leaders who are passionate, but as you've expressed so well already, it has to go farther. Um, besides, you know, getting on good news for the city and talking about the community code, how do you take this wonderful principle and idea and goals and, and get that out to that kid that then their parents would read it to them or get it out into those places. Um, Dr. Thompson, Reverend Curry, either one of you can answer that. Well, I'll, I'll start. You know, what we thought about is trying to use it as a creative expression where youth could perhaps um, by essay, by art, mm-hmm. really focus on this and get it out to one another. And again, their parents and families see it. We've thought about getting it into windows um, blowing it up and having it in store windows, home windows, um, on transportation, mm-hmm. um, in all kinds of ways. And, you know, we, we don't want to take ownership where it can just be something. Anytime somebody sees it and wants to use it in a way that's creative, we say go for it. Right. You know, it'd be little cards that people can carry, posters, however people want to use it. Just take it and use it because it's for every community. That's right. Yeah, you know, churches can even incorporate it through their vacation Bible school, you know, Sunday Mm -hmm. school, you know, pastors can do a sermon series. I mean, you know, there are all kinds of things that people can do to really help make sure that it's visible and seen. And so we want people to not be limited. We want people to be creative and resourceful. And so Reverend Curry, I want to follow that up with one of the things that we do on the show a lot is we like to hear 
how God is using an organization or something like this, the community code, which is not an organization, which are values that we're trying to distill throughout, not just the communities you work in, but I believe in all the communities could, you know, could, could be better off for instilling these things that used to be, I think Dr. Thompson, you mentioned earlier on, used to be just part of who people were. Uh, but, but now we have to almost re-educate somewhere. Can you tell us a story or two, Reverend Curry, about uh, when you've seen this potential of the code then go and be accepted and then sort of claimed by the community around you? Absolutely. Uh, you know, it really is targeted, you know, mostly, again, at communities that are experiencing a lot of violence, but yet it could be, as you mentioned, used elsewhere also. So uh, we had an uh, outreach ministry uh, at a hot spot in our community where there are a lot of things happening right at that spot. And uh, we were ministering and sharing food and other things. And I brought out the community code. I had blown it up into a big poster size and I was going to read it and share it with the group. And uh, we were so prayerful and careful and intentional about even the artwork, even how it Mm -hmm. is displayed and the slants and the this and the that so that it just speaks and it draws even when you look at it. Well, clearly it did. And so there was a woman who uh, was from the area, known by those who were engaging in activities and uh, respected there. And the moment she saw it, she took it away from me. She started reading the code before I could. And I just backed up because I realized she was, it it, it spoke to her and she delivered it so forcefully and passionately and read it so eloquently and so well. And then she ended it by punctuating it saying, this is our community code. And, you know, it was just awesome because that kind of Oh, yeah, it was priceless, was priceless. And so she 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 internalized it and put it back out and and really showed that it really was something Mm -hmm. that, okay, this is what the community really does want to see and hear and will receive. Amen. Wow. In our last minute or two here, Dr. Thompson or Reverend Curry, are there ways that you would hope our listeners could get involved themselves in helping to promote maybe the community code in their particular community? Or if some of the listeners are catching this on WAVA or are catching it via podcast that are involved in the particular communities God has called you to be a part of. Um, how, how would you encourage them getting involved? Well, uh, it's, oh, did you want to oh, go ahead, Dr. Johnson? <laughs> <laughs> We're both so excited about getting people involved. So as you mentioned, it's not an organization, an entity that exists. This is just a group of people who came together and said, let's do this, led by Dr. Thompson. But if there are people who, quite frankly, want to use their resources to help make things like T-shirts, that with the code, one group did that on their own, mm-hmm. a fitness group that we can give out to people or make those palm cards that can be given to people. We want to make sure people can get the code. Uh, they shouldn't have to buy it. We want to get it. Yeah. And so if people can support that so that it gets around, somebody may want to commission someone to work on doing a mural in one of the communities and get that going. Uh, creative ways where, where we can make sure it gets in people's hands. Yeah, there's no and limit to the go well, ahead, Dr. Thompson. That that um, there are 12 affirmative statements and it could also be made into a calendar where people Mm -hmm. could really focus on, you know, one of the statements at a time. And so there are lots of ways. Uh, We just want people to, to get the code Mm -hmm. and use it in ways that they think is best going to serve their community. That's right. There's no limit to the creativity of God and there's no limit to the creativity of God's created people, especially when getting out this important message. Dennis, Another one of those moments that I feel like we're just honored to be a part of is God's doing things through his people in his community, in his world. Amen, brother. Uh, gosh, ladies, thank you so much. God bless you both, man. I, folks, you're out there listening. I don't care where you live. 
you need to read this community code and put it into action. I'm telling you, it's some cool stuff. And I love the story of that lady that God used that woman that read it out. Hey, I, you know, she. I just remember a long time ago going to when I was in seminary in Atlanta, going to Ebenezer Baptist Church. And the church mother sat there. And let me tell you something. She reminded, when you were talking about that lady, it reminded yes. me of her because she would tell us, she'd shake her finger at us. Boys, you know, you better. So, I mean, she was yeah. just, oh, yeah. when she spoke, <laughs> it's like E.F. Hutton, right? That's right. I mean, you know, so come on. Come Any on. of our younger yeah. listeners have no idea who E.F. Hutton That's is. That's true. So sorry, guys. That. Sorry. Google but I don't have time to back up now. Hey, that's another show. <laughs> you want to read this again or listen to this again, and I would urge you to do so, go to goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Again, you can call me at the station. I can give you all of this information that I don't have time to give you right now. 703-807-2266. Folks, thank you, ladies. Thank you, pastors, doctors. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, and we'll see you again next week. Remember, it's the gospel. That makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.